Hi, today we have my younger sister Dia back on talking about the birth of her youngest son, Amir, who was born at a birthing center in Santa Cruz. She talks about what it was like the second time around and her thoughts about when she found out she wasn't going to be able to get an epidural. It's pretty funny. Take a listen. Hi, Dia. Thanks for joining us again. So if you haven't listened to Dia's first birth story with her oldest son, Akil, you can listen to that on episode number two. And she's back joining us talking about her her second son, her youngest son's birth story. So Dia, tell us a little bit about how things were leading up to the labor. Okay, so my second time around with Amir, um, in general, I think this is probably a lot of people's experience. Things are easier in that you have experienced it before, so you kind of know what to expect, right? I think, at least for me, the unknown is very terrifying. You're like, I don't know what anything's going to be like. I think that's the a lot of the anxiety is just the not knowing. And so having experienced it before, I felt more confident and comfortable. And I had a lot of morning sickness with Amir, like I had with Akil, but I knew like what not to eat and what to eat that came up more easily. And honestly, those sorts of things that made it um, a little more bearable and also having having a two-year-old that I have to look after, you have to push through in a different way than when I had morning sickness with the keel, I could just kind of lay there and just be like, okay, I'm doing nothing because the next thing you know, I'm just going to be over the toilet again. So, you know, it was a very different experience feeling exhausted, but also having to take care of a two-year-old and having to take care of my body for that pregnancy. Yeah. Um, so morning sickness, but again, it like very much like my first pregnancy, it ended at, at the very end or beginning of end of first trimester, or beginning of second trimester, which I was really grateful for. Um, and then once that subsided, once the morning sickness was over, I had a, re- a really smooth pregnancy, which was great. Yes. Um, And then at this point, we had moved up to Santa Cruz. Um, So we lived in a different place. And we, um, I had heard about a birthing um, center that was amazing. And only thing that's happening at that birthing center are people giving birth. There are no sick people. They make it really nice for the families who are coming to visit and you have smaller kids. And so I was really excited about working with the midwives there and having my child at a birthing center. Um, Because I didn't want to make any of the same mistakes that I made, like going to the hospital too early and not being allowed to go go in, I was determined. On your your first. Yes. Those mistakes in my first pregnancy. Yes. I was determined to make sure that Amir was really, really coming. And so... January, the night of January 2nd, when I started to feel contractions, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm just going to 
my husband had gone to sleep. I was like, I'm just going to walk around. And they had, I had read, or somebody had told me that if you are really in labor, if you take a bath, the contractions are not going to go away. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take a bath, see if that does anything. And so I took a bath and I, while I was taking a bath, I don't remember having any contractions. I think I thought, okay, well, maybe this isn't anything. But then I got out of the bath, those contractions were still there and they were not super painful, but I couldn't really sleep. So I laid down, tried to get some sleep and I really couldn't sleep. And eventually I just got up at like four o'clock in the morning my husband was going to CrossFit like super early, 5.30 in the morning. And he he woke up and he's like, oh, you're still up? And I was like, yeah, I haven't gone to sleep. I think this is really happening. He's like, oh, okay, I was going to go work out, but I'll just wait. And I was like, no, go work out because this, I was not in pain. Like how mm -hmm. I was with Akil the first time around my first pregnancy, I wasn't in pain, but it was just definitely like pause, breathe through it, but not like, oh my gosh, I'm sweating and we need to go to the hospital. Right. So he goes to CrossFit, he comes back. And the contractions are still coming. And, you know, they I, I was timing them. And some of them would be like two minutes apart. And some would be like five minutes apart. So I didn't think anything of it. I wasn't like, oh, some of these are two minutes apart. We should go. I'm just like, if I can stand here and take this at home, I'm just going to do this as long as possible. And then he had suggested making me some food because, you know, once you get there, they don't allow you to eat. So he went to make some food. And then I'm walking down the stairs to go eat the eggs that he made. And as soon as I hit like the bottom platform of the stairs, my water broke. And all this time when I'm having contractions, again, they're bearable. But as soon as my water broke, that next contraction was like, oh, my goodness, help. <laughs> so for, for someone who hasn't had their water break like that, what what was it? How did right, it? Because they had to break my water. Right. They had to break my water with the keel. I forgot about that. Um, it is just like you don't even feel anything within you. I, di I didn't feel anything inside of me. There was just gushing water coming. Okay. And also, I feel like I thought like it was going to be gushing water and then that was going to be it. No, it's gushing water and then it just keeps coming. <laughs> It, like I would like try to put on some paint and then it was like, okay, you're soaking wet still. And then, you you know, like it's a kind of a constant flow mm -hmm. of liquids. Um, so then finally I'm like, okay, well, let's just grab a robe. And I called the OB's office to let them know, like, I have contractions. He's coming. And, and my OB apparently she listens to how you sound while she's talking to you to decide whether or not you are actually really in labor. And I guess I sounded too relaxed. And she's like, oh, you should just come into the office so I can check you out. And I was like, no, I'm not coming to the office. I'm going to the birthing, birthing center. He is coming. Like that I knew for sure. She was mm -hmm. like, okay. Never saw her at the birthing center. I think she really did not believe me. So <laughs> we get in the car. And head to the birthing center. And that little ride, which is, I don't know, less than 10 minutes, was just like, I am sweating, cats and dogs. Like, it was definitely happening. I'm the lady at the front. By that point, when she's trying to check us in, she's like, oh, I need you to fill out the paperwork. And then I had a contraction. She's like, why don't you just go right upstairs? We can fill this out later. Like, he was, to his personality in life, <laughs> was coming okay <laughs> ready or not he was coming um 
So we get up to the, and by the way, this time frame really is like in the morning, my husband gets home to make breakfast to the contractions and him coming is like an hour and a half. This is like a super short period of time. So we check in by the time I actually push him out is about 15 minutes later up there. So I go up and it's the midwife. It's after you get to the birthing center. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So we go up and I remember at this point, I, you know, I had had an epidural in the first pregnancy. So I didn't, I have never experienced a vaginal birth without any, you know, drugs. And I, that was not my plan. I am not anti-epidural. Let me tell you, I planned on getting an epidural. Um, so we get up there and then the, the midwife is checking me. She's like, okay, you are, you know, nine, you're fully dilated. You are ready. And so I was like, oh, okay. Are we doing epidural? And then there was a nurse who was very sweet, poor thing. And she was like, oh, honey, we don't have time for an epidural. And I was like, oh, I thought I was going to like you. <laughs> That's what I said. You her. said that? Yeah. Oh, my God. How did you even think to say that at that moment? But That's she hilarious. Just laughed. She just laughed. I was thinking, oh, because in my mind, I'm thinking, if this feels like this, what is this going to feel like right. to push him out? Right. So the intensity is just like, you know revving up to be excruciating literally it felt like the best way i could describe it's like a literal like a huge building was trying to exit my butt (laughs) like seriously it was pressure like it wasn't even pain it was like a massive amount of pressure that felt like it was way too much pressure for anybody to handle ah okay this much pressure and i must have been yelling the midwife looked at me and she was like, the only thing that's going to get him out is you. And that was really helpful for me because in that moment, I'm like, right, nothing anyone else can do is going to make this happen. Um, And she was like, in the next contraction, I need you to push. And there were not very many pushes with me or there. I was not pushing long at all. And out he came. And it felt like such a sense of relief and exhaustion and just like, and then when they laid him on my chest, chest, I thought, oh my gosh, can I even hold him up? <laughs> like, is he going to fall? Like, I was so tired. Um, but it was great. And I will say, like, not having had an epidural, not having an IV or any of those things. And then also, of course, this being my second time around, my I felt so much better. Like it didn't hurt to walk and it didn't hurt to use the bathroom and all of those things that I had experienced the first time around, my body felt a lot better afterwards, which I remember anticipating something else and being like, oh, wow, I actually feel okay. Um, And you think that's because you didn't have the epidural? Yes. I think because I didn't have, yeah, I didn't have the epidural. I didn't have the IV. I didn't have... um, and also, I think there's something to be said without having epidural, you're feeling what you're doing when you push. Mm, yeah. And with a heel, you know, I really couldn't feel anything. So 
I'm just like pushing for dear life. And I think I was kind of really trying to, and the midwife was really helping me work with the contractions. Mm. And she, she would signal like, okay, stop pushing or, you know, mm. so yeah. Um, yeah. So Amir, the really great thing about that birthing center in Santa Cruz, they also have lactation consultants that come in right after to make sure that you're, um, to help you navigate breastfeeding and make sure that the baby is latching on properly and teaching you different techniques, which was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was just such a different experience. It was harder in a lot of ways, like, wow, this is happening, but it also felt really empowering to be like, okay, wow, I really just did that. Cause I would not have mm -hmm. had I gone earlier and had time for the epidural. I would not have chose to not have that epidural. So right. I'm in a lot of ways, I am glad that I was forced to have that experience because it really was kind of incredible. Um, yeah. And then I got to do all the bonding that I did not get to do the first time around with Akil since he had to go to the NICU. Um, I was able to immediately do skin to skin and my husband did skin to skin and I got to breastfeed, even though nothing was really coming out at that point yet. Um, but that felt, that felt really great. Um, and then we were out of there pretty quickly. We had a little one at home and you were there, but had to head back to to work and uh, soon. And so we were really looking to just get home as fast as possible, which we were able to do, which also felt really good because they're walking in and I did have some blood clotting. Um, and so they were doing a lot of pushing on my stomach, which hurt more than giving labor, like for real, for real. I was like, mm. oh. um, and just to have those nurses coming in, checking on you all the time, I couldn't get into a rhythm of just like dozing off when the baby was sleeping. So once we went home, that felt really good. And I wasn't terrified kind of the way I was with the kid. Right. Tiny little person. Um, so something we said about experience. And how long after did you go home the same day? How long after you gave birth to Amir? So Amir was born at like 10 something a.m., um, and then we went home the next morning okay. so around 10 or whatever the next day. Okay. So we did, we were there overnight. Yeah. Um, they wanted to watch, especially since I had some blood clots. Um, and yeah. And then we were home. All right. And the recovery was the cover. The recovery was great. It was not bad. I didn't tear or anything. Um, I'm sure that also helped. Um, but I just remember like the walking, like mm -hmm. just walking, hold, like holding him in the middle of the night and walking did not, I was not in pain. I didn't mm -hmm. feel like, oh gosh, I need to sit down or, or anything like that. So that was great. Yeah. Yeah, the recovery was so much better. And the milk came in faster and all of these things that, of course, you know, your body's like, oh, right, I've done this before. I know what to do here. Yeah, um, All of those things happened a little more 
quickly and easily, I would say, which was nice. Yeah. And it sounds like you definitely applied the lessons that you learned from your older son, Akil, to this one about staying home, making sure that you were actually ready. Yes. Your body was definitely ready before you went into the birthing center. Was there anything that you learned from Amir's birth? Well, I knew that he was going to be it. So I wasn't too. (laughs) (laughs) Do I need to remember for next time? No. Um, But I, I think if I had to think about key takeaways for me, it was, I really learned how incredible our bodies are. Like, that felt, I really do really, really give that birthing experience credit for making me feel powerful outside of that, like in life, like feeling like I could truly handle anything because that just felt like if a skyscraper can come out, <laughs> is what birthing felt like, like I can do anything. And that that felt really empowering. I, I really remember taking that with me and feeling walking away from that feeling really strong. Um, And I think that really helped with two small kids at home, two small boys, especially energy wise. Um, That helped in hard moments of just feeling like you, you can do this. You've got it. You can handle this, but also just the power in letting our bodies when, when we're able to letting our bodies do what they can on their own. Mm -hmm. That felt really good to be able to to have the experience, know that it's possible, and feel so good and healthy afterwards. Um, yeah, yeah. Women yes. are amazing. Our bodies are amazing. And you mentioned earlier about your birth, him coming really fast, and that was a reflection of his personality. You want to. <laughs> give a little paint us a little extra picture on that one (laughs) yes because Amir is the type of child who like never stops running or jumping you hardly ever sit here see him sitting down even when he plays piano he's like tapping a foot and bobbing his head and like that's that really is his personality is just like he loves to move he's gonna do things at his own pace and that is often fast and furious (laughs) without any concern of anybody else. And so I think I've heard that from other women as well. Like there's something to be said about how a child's birthing experience goes to who they are in this world. And I don't mm-hmm. think that is a coincidence. So I yeah. love that fast and furious. Yeah. That was, that's your labor. And that's Ooh, that with the mirror. And that is, that's a mirror. Ask him. He's the fastest one in our house these days. So there you go. And any word, any other words to the wise for women? Know yourself, speak up for yourself. I think I didn't have to, the birthing center in Santa Cruz, I feel like they really want you to have the experience that you want. And even though I didn't have a birthing plan with Amir either, I feel like they listened to me and, um, you know, they have a protocol about how long you're supposed to stay. And I really, I wanted to go home and I made that very clear. 
And um, even though I had the blood clots, she did some tests and I do carry the sickle cell trait. And so she was like, oh, okay. So you're used to your blood flow being, you know, irregular basically. Um, and we were able to go home, which was very important to me. Um, and so I, in that situation, I felt fully supported and heard. Uh, had I not, I, I felt very confident and comfortable and ready to advocate for myself. And I think even if you don't know, like, even if you have never been a midwife or a nurse or a doctor, it's okay for you to speak up and say what you want. And if somebody's not listening to you, I think it's okay to, you know, ask for a different nurse or, you know, you have rights, you are, are, your voice is important. And this is maybe they're going to have 20 births that week, but this is your, the only one you're going to have, you know, at least for nine months. Um, and so advocate for yourself, speak up um, and don't be afraid to, you don't have to know everything to still want your experience to be what you want it to be. Oh, I like that. Um, and I think that that's important. I don't think that we're told that enough and we don't feel that enough as especially first time moms, but. Um, but yeah. And we have to think we, we often think that we have to know everything or I don't know. And if they know more of these facts, yes, then they must know better than me, but that's right. not the case. They don't. They really yes. don't. And You've been with your body the longest out of any. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I think it's important to, and I think I'm hoping that, that the way that things are progressing, that they're expecting more women to advocate for themselves and are prepared to listen because they can't possibly know everything that's going on with you. Right. They don't know. Right. You haven't lived in your body for however many years you have. So. Right. And you mentioned that you didn't have um, a birth plan. Can you touch on just a bit of your, like your personality, why you chose that? Because we hear a lot about birth plan. You got to have a birth plan. Yes. Okay. So yes. So I am not type A for sure, but, and, and I think birth plans, you know, had I had my kids earlier, I had them at 27 and 30. Had I had them later, maybe I would have had a birth plan, but I just felt like I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted. I knew that I didn't want to be in a lot of pain. So I was like, I don't want to take an epidural off the table, but I also didn't want to walk in there and say that I for sure wanted epidural because maybe I could handle the contractions and totally get through it and be fine. And so I wanted to have options. Um, and you can do that within a birthing plan. I realize that now, but um, I think I just didn't want to, I wanted to see how things went and then decide what I wanted or didn't want based on how I was feeling. And so I just felt like, you know, aside from having conversations with my husband of how I would hope things would go, so that he at least knew what I was thinking and feeling and that we had some of those conversations. Um, I just didn't feel that it was necessary for me 
And of course, you know, you have all of those gazillion appointments with your OB prior to, and we had conversations. And so she knew both of my OBs knew like what I was hoping for. They both knew that I wasn't opposed to an epidural, but that I wanted to potentially wait as long as possible. And so it wasn't that I wasn't having conversations with them, but I have friends and potentially a sister who have a very, you know, that I know have had very detailed um, birthing plans. And that I, I, um, yeah, I just, my personality type is a little more. Go with the flow. Flowing. Yes. Yes. What a beautiful story. Both of them. Thank you. So beautiful. <sighs> Thank you for sharing them with us. So we happy to. And I think it's going to be very helpful to many. I hope so. Yeah. Thanks for having me, niece. Thank you for coming. Bye, everyone.